Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is Pastor Winfred Burns, and you are live with the Word on Wednesday. We once again have another dynamic show for you. Um, By dynamic, I mean we think that there's going to be a Holy Ghost explosion tonight. Um, We are completing the last part of Acts chapter 15 and moving right into Acts 16, you remember from last week, it was the Jerusalem Council, and they were deciding uh, the question of circumcision and the question of does a Gentile have to live like a Jew? Does he have to go through all? Does he have to uh, eat kosher? Does he have to observe all of the festivals? Does he have to observe the things that the Jews? Are observing circumcision was one of the major issues, and the decision was no, that they came by faith. And so what was necessary to become a member of the family of God was that they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There were some things that uh, they added on to that. Number one, and these were all good things, um, abstain from eating meat that was offered up to idols, uh, and also um, sexual immorality, abstain from sexual immorality. But other than that, it's by faith. So that's where we left off last week. And we want to pick right up uh, this week where, uh, in Chapter 15 where we left off last week. But before we go any further, we want to have a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. God, how we bless you and how we praise you. God, how we magnify your name. Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today for your promises, and your promises are sure. Your promises are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. And so we thank you that you said yes to us, that you said yes when we answered by faith, and came to you and gave you our hearts. We thank you that you gave us your Holy Spirit. Now, O God, we pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into the truth of your word, that we might be better servants, that we might participate in advancing the kingdom of God. O God, that we might make you proud and pleased of us. O God, thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Now open up our minds, open up our hearts, open up our ears, open up our eyes. Let us listen wisely and hear what the Spirit is saying tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, we left off in Acts 15, and there's a couple things that we want to do tonight. Number one, we want to explore how Christians resolve arguments. That's the the first thing that we're going to do. And then secondly, we're going to get started on the second missionary journey. Uh, And I think that's about as far as we'll be able to get tonight. Hopefully we can get all the way to Lydia. Don't know if we're going to get there. And so 
Let's get started on that. It's about 7.04 now, so about 7.34 we'll be, we'll be clocked out, okay? So, uh, and by the way, hey, Portia. Hey, mother how you doing? Glad, glad to see you out there. Hey, girl, how you doing? My, just, just so you know, um, my wife and I are in a dispute because she, she's my camera person, and she's complaining about her union rules because she's a camera person without a T-shirt, and I, I asked her to be on time five minutes early, and she, so she said she's going to call the union on me. And that's you know, so y'all pray for me so I can you know so we can get through this dispute. But anyway, I want you to open up your Bibles and I want you to go to Acts chapter fifteen, verse thirty six. And that's where we're gonna start out tonight. Acts fifteen thirty six. And while you're getting it, I wanna tell you that if you have a question, then make sure that you uh uh that you put it on the screen toward the end toward the end. I've been forgetting to ask for questions. And then share with your friends that, you know, we're, we're, we're having this Bible study right now. And the final thing is, if you're on Blog Talk Radio and you've got a question, you can call me. Uh, you can call me at 929-477-2304, and I'll answer any questions that I'm capable of answering, okay? So, now, by now you should have, um, you should be Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And remember... They're back in Antioch now, and they brought the news of the decision in Jerusalem, and so now we're going to pick up right there. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to do the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now, so what happens? Paul and Barnabas decide that it's time that they want to go back to the places that they've been and strengthen the churches. And Barnabas says, okay, let's get together and let's take John Mark. But Paul didn't want to take John Mark because of something that had happened on the first missionary journey. Remember, John Mark went so far, and when they got to Pamphylia, John Mark said, oh, no, I ain't going any farther. I'm going home. I don't want to go that way. And so he left them. And you know what happened after he left them? Uh, that was when uh, they, they get up to Antioch and Iconium, and that was when the Judaizers show up and start giving them all kinds of hell. Paul gets stoned, and, and they were mistaken for God. It's that whole scene that we went through a couple of weeks ago. So, but what is really behind this? Well, there's a couple of theories. One theory says that, that John Mark left because he became upset at the positioning of 
uh, the position that his cousin Barnabas had taken, that Barnabas was now taking a back seat to Paul. That's one theory. And so he got, there was a little jealousy involved, and so he went home. Now, another more plausible theory, if you ask me, was that John Mark saw where they were getting ready to go, and they said, uh-uh, because that area, Iconium and, um, and Antioch, Pisidian Antioch, those places were in a region known as Galatia. And that's kind of like going to the wild, wild west. Galatia was kind of on the outskirts of the Roman Empire, and even though it was a part of it, that was north, and it was, um, it was kind of wild and rough terrain up there. Those were kind of some rugged people, and you'll see some, you'll see some of this uh, if you read the letter, Paul's letter to the Galatians, because they got a different way of doing stuff. Um, and so he, I think he just chickened out. He said, I don't want to go there. I'm scared. I'm going home. Y'all crazy. Y'all didn't tell me we were going this way. And so he turns around and goes back. Barnabas, the second time, he wants to take him along. And Paul says, uh-uh. And no, no telling where the Lord going to lead us. And we don't want him going because he, he's scary. Or he might get out there and turn on us and turn around. So they have this great debate. Now, let me, tell you, let me say one thing about this debate. Barnabas sees something in his cousin, John Mark, that Paul doesn't see at the time. Barnabas is a nurturing type of person, whereas Paul is a hit-it-and-get-it type of fella. He's, uh, he, 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 you don't get no namby-pamby. You don't get no, you know, oh, he'll be all right and all that. No, Paul is like, we're soldiers, we're in the army, we're going forward. So you've got two distinctly different personalities here. And for those of you who mentor people, you've got to understand something. You can't mentor everybody, and every person that you choose to mentor won't cotton to you because of personality. Remember, even though Paul is a great apostle, even though Barnabas is a, a, a son of encouragement, both of them are still humans. And in humans, you'll always get clashes of personality. But how do we resolve them? And, and you know, before I get into the resolution of it, everybody is not going to cotton to you, period. I know that there's some guys that I can work with, and there's some guys that I can't work with. I've got um, a rather unique personality, let's put it that way, because there's some things, that, there's, some, there's a soft side of me, and there's a hard side of me. There's a side of me that if you get on that side and you know, you're doing certain things and you, other folk can't tolerate you doing them, and I'll just say, go on and do it, go on and do it, go on and do it. But then when you get to a, that, that, that other side of me where I'm very, very strict at, you ain't getting away with that. No, don't cross that line. If you cross that line, then all of a sudden, you know, you get a chance to see the side of me that people don't like. And then there are other people who are just mellow, mellow, mellow. 
Okay, and then there are other people that don't have a soft side at all. They just mean all the time. You've got to know who you are. You've got to, you know, be truthful about your personality. And when you come into a clash with a personality, and this is this is what this really is, um, the ability to mentor an individual, then you have to know what to do. And now, so let's talk about this contentious disagreement. What causes contention within the church? What causes contention between brothers? Well, James basically says it's their human side. It's the fleshly side of them that's coming out. James 4, verses 1 through 3 says this. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. James locates the center of contention within the fleshly desires of a person. Now, let's look, at, let's look at Paul. Paul's fleshly desire was not to have John Mark with him, and he had his reasons. Barnabas' desire was to have John Mark so he could continue to develop him. had his reasons, and this is what's being described here. It's what we want and not what God wants. It's not, it wasn't a spiritual thing. It was a fleshly thing. Roman, Paul will later write in Romans something concerning uh, these contentious, uh, when, you, when you're in contention with another person. He says this, he says, let us walk properly as in the daytime. This is Romans 13, verses 13 and 14. He says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. You know what he says? He says, don't walk quarreling and in jealousy. He tells us, don't do that. But instead, he says to us, he says to us, he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. So what is he telling us to do? He says, first of all, he says, get out of your flesh. He says, don't make provision for it. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we have a quarrel, the first thing that we want to do is we want to make sure that, the, that well, number one, that we don't recognize a person as the enemy and that we don't operate out of our flesh, but instead we put on the Lord Jesus and operate out of the Spirit. Here. What is Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4? It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. So, number one, we're going to get out of the flesh. Number two, we're going to stop being so self-centered. And we're going to not just think about how it impacts 
me, but how it impacts the other individual. Now, it seems to me like Barnabas is closer to this than Paul. Because, remember, Paul is a very, very focused individual. Paul is, Paul is very, very intense. Paul says, I am on a mission. Nothing else matters. I'm not letting anything get in my way, and I'm not going to let this boy hinder me from doing what the Lord says do. Finally, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So we've got to be wise. We've got to be wise in when we come into a contentious situation. But if you have, verse 14 but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. We've got to be true about what we're saying and what we're doing. We've got to operate in truth. See, a lot of times we want something. And we want something to go a certain way, and we make all kinds of excuses for why we, why we wanted to do this. We want to do it because of this. No, you want to do it because that's the way you want it. And so it says that we're operating out of our flesh, operating out of our own desires and not the desires of God, operating on what we think versus operating with the wisdom that comes from above. Verse 15, this is not the wisdom, James 3.15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be, listen to this, disorder and every vile practice. So, before, before I go any further, when we allow ourselves to get into a fleshly war, what we're doing is we're opening the door for demonic activity in our lives. In our churches, rather than, rather than deal spiritually in wisdom, and with wisdom, praying and being quiet and waiting for a word from the Lord, when we go nose to nose and toe to toe with our sisters and brothers, trying to dominate them, trying to get our way, all we're doing, even when we get our way, we didn't get our way because our way is the way of God, and what we really got is we open the door to let the devil have his way. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, in a contentious situation, first of all, the first thing that we want to do is we want to make sure. We want to make sure that we get out of our flesh and into the spirit. That we are not doing this because of what we want. But instead, we are doing and saying as directed by the Spirit. If ever there is a time, 
if ever there is a time when you need to go into prayer is when one saint comes to you or you get ready to go to a saint or there's some kind of clash, then both of you need to get in the spirit. Both of you need to start praying. Stop talking to each other because you don't know what you're talking about because it's coming from the wrong place and you're going to do nothing but harm one another. Secondly, our goal is to walk in peace. Our goal is to put on Christ. We want to get rid of our ambition. We want to get out of our conceitedness. We want, uh, and sometimes we just got to confess, God, you know why I'm doing this right now? I'm doing this because I want to get my way. And the Lord will honor that prayer. And he'll tell you, then humble yourself. Humble yourself. That's something that you don't hear. Hum- you have to humble yourself. Don't get humbled. Humble yourself. Don't, so what if you have to eat crow and just stand there and take it? Humble yourself. See, I know people don't like that. People don't like that at all. But the fact is this. Sometimes you just got to shut up, whether you're right or wrong, just say, mm, I'm not saying nothing. You know, I'm going to pray about this. Fine, and, and, and then finally, you've got to use wisdom that comes from above. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 through 13. It says this. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. See, in contention, in a contentious situation, you are, your aim has to be peace. Your goal has to be restoring. When, when something is restored, that means something was off kilter. Restoring, staying together. Don't you know that it's the devil that seeks to divide us all the time? That's what it is. It says, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. The God of love and peace. You see, when you strive to live in peace, God's peace is with you, and it's a peace that passes all understanding. You can be in the middle of an argument, and you can be humbling yourself, and you can be submitting yourself to God, and all of a sudden, that person that 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 you're trying that you're trying to deal with, or that's just coming at you, all of a sudden you're in, you're so peaceful because why you've humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and this peace that happens will yield fruit for the kingdom because you win a brother, you win a sister. It will result in fruit for the kingdom. And that's what happens here. They agree to go their separate ways. Yeah, they agree to go their separate ways. What happens? Barnabas takes John Mark and goes in one direction. Paul gets Silas. Let's pick up. Let's pick up where we're at. Chapter 16, verse 1. So, Paul came also to Derbe, to Lystra, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them 
for observance the decision that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they increased in numbers daily. So what happens? So Barnabas takes John Mark, and he heads back towards Cyprus. So they head west. Paul gets Silas, and they head north. And they go up through Syria, cross over into Turkey, and begin to go back into that Galatian region where there's Iconium and Antioch and Derby and Lystra and all of those places that they had been before. And I want you know one of the things that you got to understand here is that that this was the place. These were places that they were run out of, that they weren't well received before. These were places that if you ask me, if you hook me up in one place in a place one time, I don't know if I'm going back. But Paul is led by the Holy Spirit to go back to those places to strengthen the brethren, but not only that, but to, to tell them of the decision that happened with the Jerusalem Council. So the Judaizers wouldn't be able to continue to come at them and, and erode their faith. And so Paul is going back to these young churches that he has planted, and he's going back to strengthen them. Now, one thing I don't, I don't want anybody to do is to think that Paul is the only one out there working, him and Silas. No, because while Paul is going north, Barnabas is going west, the other disciples are out spreading the gospel also. We don't, we don't, you, you, you don't hear ever again from Thomas, but according to church history, Thomas starts spreading the gospel, and he goes east, and he makes it as far east as India. And so um, the other disciples are out also, or apostles, are out also spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody's working. We just have to, we're focusing in on what Paul did. Why? Because Luke is with him. And Luke, remember, and sometimes we, we, we get so far and we get so deep that we forget. Luke is writing a treatise. Go all the way back to Luke chapter 1, to Theopolis. And he's talking now about how Christianity spread throughout. And he's attempting to let Theopolis know what you believe is true, and here's how it happened. So he's providing a historical record, a historical account of how the gospel was carried, and he's giving it sometimes his eyewitness testimony of what he saw and heard. And since he's traveling with Paul, our focus is going to be on Paul most for the rest of the for the rest of our study, because he was with Paul during this time. Now we need to bring that out. We need to let everybody know that. So Paul goes back. Now remember, he's heading. He is heading uh, west now through Turkey, and as he travels west through Turkey, he starts going north. And and, and here here, let me pick it up at verse. Six, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit 
to speak the word in Asia. So they get to a certain point. Now they come out of Galatia. They go north. They head north. And they think that they're going to turn, after they get so far north, they think that they're going to make a left turn and come back south toward Ephesus. But the Holy and, and Ephesus is located in a region called Asia, by the way. Now, bef, uh, before you were in the Galatia region, then you move, you go north so far, and then you can you can turn back, and there's a road that leads from from the north to the south that'll take them to Ephesus, which is a major city. But the Holy Spirit says, "No, don't go that way." Listen to listen to the account of verse six. And they went through the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to, to them. Now, and I think this is where we're going to have to stop. So what happens? They get to a certain point, and they think that they're going to make that that left turn and go back down south because now they've, they've traveled west, they've gone north, and now they're traveling, they're, they think they're going to travel south and stay in Asia or what, what we now know as Turkey. But he says, no, I don't want you to go there. I want you to go to Macedonia. Now, if you're looking at a map, the map, uh, no, it's not the Asia that we know of, by the way. There's a question out there, is this the Asia we know of? No, it's not the Asia that we know of. This Asia is actually Turkey, part of modern-day Turkey. So if you look on your map right now and you look at the of Turkey, that's, that's where Paul does most of his missionary work. As a matter of fact, the outside of um, Cyprus, the majority of the um, first missionary journey takes place in Turkey, in modern-day Turkey. And if you go to northern Turkey, and you'll see there's these little islands and there's just this little, there's a little bitty passageway between Turkey and uh, Macedonia. Actually, uh, it's, if you look on your map, if you just look on the map, they're going to travel just south of Bulgaria, and you'll see that there's Macedonia, there's Bulgaria, Macedonia, and Greece. And this Macedonia, as we know it, as we, it, as we know it today, is actually, um, this, this area that they're going in now, is south of modern-day Macedonia and is a part of northern Greece. So, and in northern, what, we call, what they call in Macedonia, uh, it'll be Philippi, Thessalonia, Thessalonica, Berea, uh, right in that little area. And then from there, they're going to travel down to southern Greece where you'll have Corinth and Athens. I really encourage you to get a map. 
to get them out. So you'll see that now this Greek speaking, this 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 Paul is really ministering to Greeks uh, all over the world. I missed I missed one thing real quick. Um, why did Timothy have to be circumcised after Paul has done all this arguing, saying that? Um, you don't have to be circumcised to be saved. Well, in this instance, Paul is removing any obstacles. And listen, I got to quit because I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. Paul is removing any obstacles, any barriers from the spread of the gospel. What do you mean by that? Well, Timothy, they know that his father is a Greek, but his mother is a Jew. So the Jews are going to consider um, Timothy to be a Jew. And the sign of a covenant Jew, a Jew in covenant relationship with God, is circumcision. So, there, so Paul is not willing to have anybody have any kind of angle to stop the gospel to say, hey, you, you, you know, you're trying to spread this thing even to the Jews. Now, it's, all, it's, it's bad enough that you have got a, a court order, basically, saying that Gentiles don't have to be circumcised, but this boy is a Jew, and Jews have to be circumcised. And if you're not going to do that, we got a problem. So to eliminate any kind of problems, he says, Timothy, get circumcised. And Timothy agrees to circumcision. That's what that's all about. It, it, he does not double talk. He's just, you know, he says, I become all things to all people that I might win some. So to the Jews, I'm a Jew, and to the Greeks, I'm a Greek. Whatever it takes to spread the gospel. And so you see the willingness, the sacrifice that goes on with him. Okay? So anyway, i got to stop. i got to stop. I'm stopping at... Uh, Verse 11, I was hoping to get to Lydia tonight because she's a wonderful, wonderful story, but we can't get there tonight. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll pick up in Acts chapter 16, verse 11 next weekend, okay? Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name we come to say thank you. We thank you, O oh God, that tonight we learn that you want us to live in peace. Tonight we learn that the gospel is furthered when we live in peace because God, when Paul and, and, and Barnabas separate, what you had instead of one team going out to spread the gospel is you had two. So sometimes, God, you just you allow things like that to come just so um, you can further the gospel. But even in doing it, God, you want peace. So help us to be at peace at all times with our brothers and sisters. Help us not to get in the flesh but instead in the spirit. Help us to have as our goal looking out for each other rather than looking out for ourselves. Keep us from walking out there naked in our flesh, having, having clothed ourselves with Jesus Christ at all times. Oh, God, we bless you and we thank you that you teach us to walk together in peace, to walk together being concerned about each other. We thank you, O oh God, that you lead and guide us at all times, that sometimes we want to turn left and you want us to keep going straight, and that you allow your spirit to speak to us and tell us the way to go. Now, Father, 
Teach us to listen to you and not be in our flesh. In Jesus' name, we ask these blessings. Amen. Well, that's it for tonight. Yeah, use use that map in the back of the Bible. Um, depending on the look at look at that map, and a lot of the a lot of Bibles will trace that missionary journey for you. What's even better than that is if you can get on the internet and um, just type in Paul's first missionary journey, and you, you'll get a chance to really see how it's traced, how it goes through Cyprus and then goes up into Turkey. Um, but if you can get one that overlays the countries, the countries today, oh, you'd be amazed at the places that the gospel has been, uh, that where the gospel was first spread. Because so oftentimes when we look at Paul, we think that that that, that Paul. Um, was just going through uh, when we talk about Asia and, and Greek and Rome, but we forget that a lot of the um, a lot of the places that he went was in what we now call Muslim countries. Uh, when he goes down into the desert, for example, and spends time in the desert, you know what that desert was? That was Saudi Arabia. So there's so much that we can learn just by studying those maps. And I'm a big proponent of when I'm reading my Bible, I like to follow along on a map so you know I can know where he is and, and then I try to match it up to, to modern day, to the, the, what the countries are in our, in our times today. So I think that's fascinating. But anyway, got to go. Uh, ran over time. Uh, anybody else got any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them, 929-477-2304, or just type it in. Just type it in, and I'll be more than happy to um, to answer any questions. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, we'll call it a night. Uh, you guys be blessed of the Lord. Uh you know what? I'm doing another series, and I'm excited about it, by the way. I'm doing a series in Joshua, just daily readings in Joshua. Um, and I think tomorrow, no, tomorrow's Thursday, so we'll be Joshua 4 tomorrow. Oh, is the Lord revealing some things there. I post them every day on Facebook. Uh, if you see them, pick them up. Also, they're, they're on YouTube. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at what the Spirit of God is revealing through his word. Is revealing through his word just by reading Joshua. And yes, I am a Bible pusher. I'm pushing you into the word of God. I, I, I just don't think that we can get enough of it because it's the word of God that's going to keep us free and that's going to lead us into prosperous places. Okay, that's enough talking for tonight. Y'all have a blessed evening. Uh, and bless you. Bye-bye. Instead, he says...